Hello and welcome to Maldorma TV. I'm Tobias Halber and this is episode 24. And I'm Magnus Halber. And in this episode we're going to talk about the spiritual practice self-inquiry, which were made famous by the Indian saint Ramana Maharshi. Ramana Maharshi is considered to be one of the greatest, if not the greatest, saint that has lived, at least in modern times. Yeah. And his teachings are available all over the world. And the main message from his teaching is to inquire of, who am I? Yeah, the, he made spiritual practice very simple and went directly to the source. Uh, that was He always said, examine who you are, who have all the questions. Yeah, I think if you read uh, the book True Happiness, yeah. I remember reading that. And when you go through all the questions that all the devotees have, he always goes back to the same inquiry, the same answer, like going back to the question of who am I, yeah. investigates who has the question. Find out who's asking. Yeah, and I think it's a very powerful technique and uh, yeah, amazing. So. Uh, and Ramana said that it's the most uh, direct technique to get to self-realization or enlightenment the fastest way but also quite a difficult way in many ways yeah the technique in itself is easy but it's actually quite hard to do in a way yeah i think once you start practicing self-inquiry it you you kind of notice how hard it actually is i mean it sounds easy enough and you can have like being able to to do the self-inquiry in uh, like small seconds but to hold on to that uh, the witness and of the self-inquiry, that's uh, something that requires a long time of practice. Yeah. So in this episode, we're going to talk about how to do this technique and give a few tips and hints. And also talk about some, well, about Ramana and also some other spiritual teachers that have talked about this technique. Yeah. And I think uh, we, we begin with his basically Ramana's story because it all started from when he was young. I think yeah. he, around in his teenage years or something like that yeah. when he had his, his great awakening. Yeah. Uh, and this spiritual technique of self-inquiry, he didn't invent it, uh, but he did make it world famous, basically. Yeah. Uh, and when and Ramana is a very special Indian saint because he had his spontaneous awakening when he was i think it was 16 years old or something like that yeah and he one day he had this fear of death just coming over him uh, and took him by surprise basically mm. and he actually thought that he was going to die for no actually for no reason really he just yeah there was no problem with his body he didn't have any sickness or anything it was just yeah. this sudden fear of death came over him yeah and he lay down on uh, on the floor in the house and he kind of started to think who is it that dies uh, is it the body and i think he pretended to go into dying he uh, did he hold his breath yeah he held his breath and he made his body like stiff as yeah, if like it has yeah exactly so like okay the body is dead What's what's left? Yeah, that was. I think that was pretty much it. And yeah. from that that inquiry, he had an experience of the self that yeah. never left him. And with the self, we are talking about who is experiencing the body, and who is witnessing all the feelings, uh, thoughts, uh, sensations. Because we, I think, we have to start there actually, mm. uh, because. 
most people identify them, they, themselves with a body. Yeah. But the body is only an experience. But who is experience, experiencing the experience of the body? Because yeah. if you look at your body, you will notice that you have thoughts, feelings, and sensations. But there's someone watching all of these things going on. And who is that? Mm. Uh, it's not sure that it, it's not proven that it's actually the body experience itself. Because when you look at it, it seems like you are some kind of witness or consciousness experiencing your body. Mm. But it's possible that it, you're not your body, actually. And this technique and what Ramana Maharshi experienced was that there's actually this self, as he called it, mm. that is not the body, but is experiencing the body. Yeah, and this technique has also been like teached by uh, Nisargadatta Maharaj, yeah. who also had a similar approach to it. Yeah. That you are the witness. Uh, you are that is consciousness, just witnessing everything, and you, yeah. you should try to go back into that. Uh, 24-7, basically. Yeah, I think he, he had a guru who told him to do a, a technique of self-inquiry, even though I don't think he used that word. But self-inquiry is examining who you are, who is this witness. And you go back to self-examination. Yeah. And Nisargadatta, he, uh, I think he did his practice very intensely for about three years, and then he had a realization of what the self is. Yeah, and I think, I mean, it, it sounds, as you said before, it's easy, it's simple, it's yeah. very simple. And you can do, do this inquiry like every day, every hour of the day. Yeah. You can have it like uh, you're working or you're doing some task. You can always like, who is doing this task? Who is thinking about this? Like yeah. always bringing your back to the self. Yeah. Um, but I found find it also very hard to always have that presence yeah. or like being aw that aware that all right now yeah. i need to catch myself yeah now i'm in a thought pattern now i'm being too emotional i'm in the emotions yeah and so i mean that's that's what comes with the practice yeah. you're lifting your awareness of and find yeah. finding yourself more and more for each time but we do find this both of you and i use this practice as a spiritual practice and and it's my one of my main practices uh, because it's really effective, and what is and self inquiry is, as we said, self examination. You you turn your attention towards yourself, towards the witness. Who am I? Uh, and you stay there. And um, one of the great experts on Ramana Maharshi, David Gudman, mm. uh, who have written several books about him and uh, worked at Ramana Ashram in in India. Mm. Uh, said that uh, I listened to an interview with him uh, or a YouTube video mm. that he has on his channel where he said that Ramana often spoke about two different ways to do self-inquiry. Mm. And the most common one and that mostly beginners start with is asking the question silently as a thought, who am I? Mm. And then just sit. And as soon as a thought arises, you ask, who is thinking this? Mm. Because I think that that can be a mistake that people do, that they try to use the intellect yeah. to answer the question. You ask yourself, who am I? And then you try to find 
you start adding like, yeah, I'm not my body. You start mm-hmm. thinking about I'm not yeah. my body. You start thinking I'm not this, I'm not that. Yeah. Then you're not really doing it correctly. Then you're still stuck in, yeah. in, in the thoughts. So the technique is actually to ask yourself, who am I? And then just sit in the silence that comes afterwards. Mm-hmm. And abide in, in, that, in the self uh, that you already are, basically. But you tur- the, a- the question, who am I, will automatically turn your attention towards yourself, yeah. the experience of yourself, and sit in that experience. But as soon as you drift away in thoughts, mm-hmm. you ask again, who is thinking or who is doing whatever? Mm-hmm. And then you turn your attention back to yourself. Okay, it's me. Then who am I? So that's the main technique. Who am I? You sit. After a while, you perhaps you start thinking about what you're going to eat, and you ask, who is thinking these thoughts? I am. Okay, who am I? And back to I. Back to I am. And you do this. And that's the basic technique. But David Gottman talked about in his video that Ramana often thought this technique like this to beginners. But after a while, when you learn this, you can actually skip the question of who am I and just go directly to the awareness of yourself and abide in yourself. And I think that's the technique that Nisargadatta used. used. You just sit and turn your attention towards your awareness of yourself and sit there. So the question is not really needed, except perhaps in the beginning to learn how to focus on yourself. Yeah, and I think... uh it's a wonderful technique and uh also a little bit about the story of ramana mm-hmm. uh when he had this awakening he went back to arunachala and he stayed there for the rest of his life and one thing that was interesting was that he had no guru at yeah. least that's what he said he had no guru yeah. or arunachala the mountain yeah. uh manifestation of shiva was for him the only guru yeah. they ever had had and his awakening was a spontaneous one he didn't do any yeah. spiritual practice at all there's a lot of discussions and arguments if he did have a guru or not. There's, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know the answer to that. but He never mentioned one anyways. No. And uh, what I found interesting with him as well is when you look at the result of all the people who stayed with him. Mm-hmm. I think when you start to examining all the people around him, there's uh, quite a lot of them who was able to find the self yeah, with the, the, this technique. Like uh, there's... Anamali Swami, there's uh, Robert Adams, uh, Papaji. Um, Papaji, of course, is the, I think those are the most famous ones. And yeah, and a bunch of others as well uh, that are not that famous and that sh- chose not to live in the public eye, so to speak. Yeah. And uh, I think for a Westerner, if you're watching this as a Westerner, one yeah. source uh, of information, if you want to know more about self-inquiry, is yeah. looking at the work of Robert Adams. Yeah. Because I think he is able to explain it in a more understandable and perhaps a more modern Western way yeah. than uh, um, perhaps Ramana was able to. Yeah. And he was this uh, American guru that went as young I think it was like 17, 18 when he went to India and met Ramana Maharshi and mm. became enlightened basically and uh, then came back to America and mm. yeah, 
had a f- small following and he's yeah. becoming more and more famous just in recent years, I think. Yeah, he held satsangs when he was alive and those are available still uh, yeah. as recordings. And I think they are, like as you said, more popular now than when he was alive. Perhaps yeah. the same goes for Ramana yeah. which is with, with his teachings. Yeah. And one thing that Robert also, and I think this came from Ramana as well, is... One technique that Robert talked about in a in a video clip that I watched was yeah. that you should try to find yourself in the gap. Yeah. Like between the silence between the thoughts. Yeah. And he specifically said that it's great to do this directly in the morning. Yeah. But when you wake up, if you can train yourself to have awareness, like, okay, now I'm awake. Before you start thinking like, okay, now I need to go up and start brushing my teeth, go taking a shower, get ready to work. Find yourself before that those thoughts occur. Find yourself in the gap. There you will be like in the self. You will be self-realized. I think we need to explain a little of the theory behind self-inquiry as well. Uh, So everyone understands what we're talking about. What Ramana said was basically that the feeling and the idea of an I is actually an illusion mm. that we think that we are a separate being. And when we, t- when we turn our attention towards ourself, because our mind always are focused on outer experience, on objects. Yeah. Uh, and when, it's f- when you force it to turn inwards to yourself, it will eventually collapse because the eye doesn't really exist as we think it does. Mm. The separate eye. And it's and the separate eye is actually dependent upon identification with outer objects. Mm. That's what's keeping it alive, the illusion alive. Mm. And when you turn your attention toward yourself uh, and hold it, and this requires some practice, of course, because your the mind will always turn outwards uh, by habit but when you learn how to focus on the eye it will eventually collapse because it cannot sustain itself by itself because it really doesn't exist without the outer world so that's the and so you hold your attention to the eye thought as Ramana said and it will collapse into the true self which is oneness uh, where you will understand who you really are. Yeah, and I think when you are when you try to do this practice, it's much easier if you do it during like silent meditation. Yeah. Uh, I mentioned before that you can do it whenever, but I think that that requires um, really big effort. Yeah, it's very hard to do that to catch yourself like while you're working or while you're doing all yeah. these worldly tasks. Uh, because one thing that happens when you start to meditate, once you close down, once you go silent and once you go into darkness, yeah. is that you will find that your mind will start becoming more and more active in the beginning. Yeah. And it will try everything in order to try to pull you out of something to react to. Mm-hmm. Because when you sit in meditation and just silence and darkness, the mind does not have anything to um, to react on anymore. Yeah. So it starts to bring up all memories, everything, yeah. just to pull you out, like, yeah. take me away from here, I want to be gone, like, what's this place? I can't react to anything. Yeah. So you just push through that and stay with the witness. Yeah. Just watch the thoughts go by, yeah. then you can eventually, the, the thoughts will subside. Yeah. And what makes this technique simple yet very hard to actually do is 
holding the self, uh, the tension towards yourself, because it's quite different from all other techniques of meditation, actually. Because if you take the classical meditation technique of focus on the breath, you're actually focusing on an experience outside of yourself, or you're doing a mantra, or looking at a candle, or whatever. You're always pointing your attention outwards towards an object of some sort. Mm -hmm. But in self-inquiry, you use no outer object as an anchor mm -hmm. to put your attention on, but you put it on yourself. But when you do that, you will notice that finding the self, finding the I is quite slippery <laughs> because yeah. it's not really there, <laughs> yeah. is it? It's not an object mm -hmm. uh, because I had a real problem with self-inquiry for a long time and I did it in the wrong way for actually many years because before I had this realization, okay, this is how we actually do it. Mm -hmm. And I had read all the books, well, not all the books, but I had read several books uh, on self-inquiry and listened to videos. And I had an email conversation with David Godman, this expert of Ramana, uh, before I actually found mm -hmm. how to have attention on the self, on the I thought. Yeah. Because what I noticed was, I was finished the story, mm -hmm. was that I, what I usually did in the beginning was that I, had my attention towards the sensation of the body, like my body is. Mm. And you have this feeling of that your body is there. And that's where I had my focus. But it wasn't really the sensation of I. Mm. It was the, I had my focus on my body, basically. Yeah. Because that's what my mind identify as I. And I yeah, didn't want to... No, no. Uh, so... I had this experience some time ago where I was doing self-inquiry and I was trying to sit with my attention on the eye, but I, it was like it was always changing the sensations of myself. Uh, you, you know, you, your body and your sensation, there are thoughts, feelings, mm. uh, sensation from the skin, the muscles... But it's always changing, and I couldn't really hold on to anything mm -hmm. uh, because it was the experience is constantly changing. Yeah, and I thought this can't be it. I'm doing this wrong. Yeah, and it's also a bit of a trap once you start, once you go into the inquiry and things start to happening. Yeah. Ah, oh, now I'm feeling this, this, and mm -hmm. it must be this, yeah. and you and you lose it because that's experiences. Yeah, it's not the experiencer. Yeah. Uh, and it's so easy. The mind is, by habit, will always go towards experiences mm. and not stay in itself. Yeah. And what happened to me one time while doing this was that I had this recognition that, okay, what's always been here since I was a child? I mean, my body is completely different. Feelings have come and gone. Experiences have come and gone. Thoughts have come and gone. But there has been something always there and that's the awareness of I mm. and the awareness of I is not actually a feeling mm. because feelings come and go I can feel like this and can feel like that but the awareness is always there mm. and it's never changing it's constant so why when seeking for the I sensation mm. the awareness of I try to identify what is the constant 
that's always been here in every experience since you were a child. It's you, the, the awareness of yourself. And what is that? It's really just an awareness of being alive. It's not a sensation in the body. It's not a thought. It's just I, mm. right? And it's so easy once you have seen it, once you have recognized it, that, yeah, it's the most familiar experience that you have. It's always been there. And it's never been, it's never changed. The I that you experienced when we were five-year-old or a 10-year-old and today or just a minute ago mm. have always been exactly the same. And it's never taken none of your illnesses or no. anxiety have ever hurt it in any way. It's always been exactly the same, untouched yeah. by your experience. No attributes to it. Like you can't add this, ah, this is this. No, this it has no that. attributes, but it's still very intimate and it's the most intimate experience you have and you have had it all your life. Yeah. But still it took a lot, very long time for me to identify it. Ah, it's just, it's this. Mm. It's so... <laughs> and you will you'll find that once you start doing this, you will lose it a million times. You'll yeah. find it and you hold on to it and it's like, yeah, this is it. Bam. Two seconds later, yeah. you lose it and you're back to, to and everything the thoughts again. You never actually lose it. I no. mean, it's not like you are going anywhere. No, it's the awareness of, of yeah, it's it awareness lose. of yourself. And and the thing is, the, you don't really have to hold it mm. uh, because that's grabbing something, but you're already there. Mm. So you ha just have to sit in yourself, abide in yourself. Mm. So it's not a holding really mm. either. It's just sitting, being aware. Uh, but as soon as you start to try to hold it. Is that mind trying to grab an object, but you're not really an object. You're just this undescribable awareness. Pretty much it. That's pretty <laughs> much it. And it's the most familiar thing because you've always been aware that you exist. Mm. And that's it. That's what you have to sit in. But your mind will try to see, focus to feelings, the body, and that's okay, but... It's really not about that. You need to identify what's always been there throughout my whole life. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's easy uh, to talk about, but yeah. I know it can be very confusing. Uh, what I found challenging, though, is when you, when you, you think about this, that you should just, just abide in the self. Yeah. Uh, but the mind, when it looks at like Ramana Maharshi, mm -hmm. just his sheer presence, his... Yeah. His stature and everything he like, yeah, radi radiated. Yeah. You start to make the assumption that ah, when I found the self, it will be like that. Yeah. So you're constantly looking for something like it should should be this or this or that. Yeah. Which I think is a mistake because once you start doing that, start comparing it to something else, you will lose it. Yeah. Um, I just remembered uh, I had a. A couple of weeks back, I had an experience with uh, with the self inquiry. Mm -hmm. uh, this uh, gap meditation I tried out in the morning. Uh, yeah, I it, it's supposed to be in the morning, but I did it in the evening. Okay, I went to bed early uh, and couldn't sleep, but I had to yeah be in bed. So I was just listening to Robert's meditation, uh, where he basically said that you should find yourself in the gap. Yeah. Before, look what what's there when you're not going into the thoughts, like mm -hmm. between the thoughts, what's there. 
and that's that's the self. Like yeah. then you're just abiding in the self. So it's just lying there. And first, what happened first was that just a wave of bliss starting coming over mm-hmm. me. The more I like just found myself in the gap, the more bliss would just pour into my body. Yeah. So it's lying there in bliss. Uh, but I didn't. Uh, this has happened before that you start feeling this enormous bliss and, and so forth. But then I just hold on to the bliss yeah. and started down. Oh, this is so cool. Like the bliss. Yeah, yeah. I love the bliss. <laughs> yeah. uh, but this time I just like observed the, the, the bliss as well. Yeah. And, uh, itself. yeah. and it was like, if I found myself like in the center where I am mm-hmm. now, it was for, like I was pulled back. Yeah. Like I was going behind myself. Yeah. And just observing everything that was happening within me. And it was interesting to see that the the thoughts, yeah. it, it, they were just so separated from where I was standing at this point. Yeah. So it was just, the thoughts were just clouds yeah, moving like past and by. That's like clouds passing by. Yeah. So it, and it, I can see it like say that, yeah, my thoughts are clouds right now, but I don't really feel it. Yeah. Uh, I, I can sense it in some way, but it's, when I was back here, it was so obvious that it was just clouds floating about me, yeah. and they just came and went and came and went, and uh, I couldn't, I didn't identify me, yeah. them, yeah, identify myself with them. Yeah. Uh, but then something, the more I stayed in this, something more happened as well. Was that I disconnected completely with my body, yeah. and the body kept doing whatever it yeah, was yeah. supposed to do. Like I could feel like my arm moving. It. It was quite an interesting experience because I didn't have the sensation that I was moving. Like if I move my hand like this, I didn't have the sensation that it was I that was doing it. It just happened. So I was back here while my body was doing all these kind of things. And it was quite a cool experience. And that's when I lost it. (laughs) Because then I was too overwhelmed by everything that was happening. Um, But it, uh, it was interesting to see like all the things that I have talked about and get a first-hand experience of it. Obviously, I'm not like uh, in that state right now, but just to have a glimpse of it was quite a cool experience. Yeah, and the more glimpses you have, the easier it will become gradually to come back to that state and abide in it. Because uh, as I interpret it, I have also had similar experiences where you... And I like to... For me, it's like the metaphor of being the eye in the tornado, in in the Mm. storm, the eye of the storm, where you're like in the middle, absolutely still. Because when you go back there, nothing moves. You are completely stillness. But around you, in all directions, not just in the front, but also in the back and around, you have all this sensation of thoughts and the body and everything, but where you are, the eye is completely still. Yeah. That's the center just observing everything happening. And as you said, when you move back or into this center, it's like the body's there, but it's not really you. You're just observing mm. the world doing its business, but it's not really you mm. <laughs> doing it. It's just... But I, I think if I relate to my experience mm-hmm. where I like moved past the cloud, moved the thoughts, the, the body, I didn't have the feeling like the oneness feeling. 
it mm-hmm. it still like felt like a separation yeah. separation yeah so there's another step to it where you i imagine merge with everything and become yeah. the oneness as ramana puts it that when you abide in the self in the witness mm. eventually when you've done that for some time it will collapse mm. into the self uh, and as i understand it and i have had glimpses of this on on psychedelics basically and a few times when i meditated as well where you where you, this is like threefold you have the experience mm. which we usually have attention on yeah. and now we switch our attention back to the witness but this is still a dualistic construction and we're still caught in the illusion so to speak yeah. that when we switch back to the witness we realize ah okay there's this storm going happening around me but i'm actually just a witness mm. but then we have this third state where you collapse down into and this can only as i understand happen from the standpoint of the witness mm. when we're co- too caught in the experience it's not going to happen mm. uh, most likely but when we move back to the witness because having attention on the witness it cannot really survive without being identified with the um, Mm. experiences so it will eventually collapse and the third state the oneness state the true self is when the witness and the experience become one mm. you are your experience the totality of it yeah uh, and that's that's not so where we what we have experienced uh, as my interpretation is we have managed to go back to the witness and sit there uh and started to have a sensation of bliss and so forth. And during psychedelics, I have a few glimpses of what it's like when you collapse into oneness and you are your experience. But it's not a, it's only been glimpses of it. Yeah, I think like the main difference when you have an, a, like a glimpse of it is that you're not really aware like fully that it's happening and how it's all happening. You're, yeah. you're getting a, just a, a glimpse. Um, and I think most people who wake up like Ramana and Robert Adams and Papati and all of these, mm. uh, it start often. It started with glimpses, and I actually think when I, I don't. I mean, I don't know. I didn't meet Ramana, but as I have read, he it took so, a few, some time for him to be established in the self. Mm. That he had his experience when he thought he was going to die, when he saw the real self. But then he went to Arunachala. And I think that he had described in uh, somewhere in some book uh, that he one night snuck into a temple and it was this Shivalingam, uh, kind of a stone deity there. Uh, Shiva eats those who devote themselves to the god of Shiva. Uh, it, it was this Shivalingam in a temple and you're not supposed to go up to it. It's... A, but he snuck in there and touched the Shivalingam. And then he felt like it was completed. He was established in the self. And the same thing with Robert Adams. I think he had his awakening back in the U.S. when he was a kid, a teenager. And it wasn't until he met Ramana that he was established in the self. And I think he yeah. stayed in India for 17 years. Traveling around just... Uh, I think from his story, is like he had this... 
he noticed that he had this gift of like everything he asked for, he received. So yeah. if he wanted an apple, yeah. an apple would appear to him. If he wanted uh, money, yeah. if he would find money in his pocket. Yeah. And then one day he basically said, God. Yeah. And God appeared to him. And then he yeah. went to India, met Ramana. And I think it, he had the, the full experience there yeah. uh, with Ramana. Then he traveled... Um, I think he, from instruction from Ramana, traveled around yeah. India just to basically get words to what he had, was experiencing. Yeah. I think that was something he said himself that, yeah, and that was just a teaching. It completely. And that's, I think, where the guru yeah. is very important, where you have had this experience, but it's not established in you. Yeah. And as Robert said, Ramana established. The experience of God, I mean, and, and God and the self are synonymous in mm. in this teaching. And that's also, I would like to add that um, the story of Papaji, mm. uh, another guru that is quite famous among Westerners. Yeah. And he was also a devotee to Ramana. He had, before he met Ramana, he had many, many experiences of God. But it was like this dualistic experience where he was Papaji and he was experiencing, I think it was the God, Krishna. Mm. And he was completely happy with that and he thought, I found it. And then he met Raman who said, yeah, but who is experiencing Krishna? Mm. I mean, go deeper, go into the self. And Ramana showed him this another level where ex- the experiencer and, and the experience merge into one and that's the highest state so and i th- i i know buddhist teachers always often warn students that don't fall for, fall for the experiences the bliss and yeah. just lay there and want to experience bliss because it's so nice <laughs> to have these experiences but it's not the full it's not full enlightenment you need yeah. to go deeper find out who is experiencing the bliss yeah, and I think also if one it's it can have its advantages of experiencing the bliss yeah, first yeah. because yeah. a lot of people I think are trying to like shoot too much in the beginning like yeah. they are going for the end goal. Yeah. It's much easier if you're established in bliss like uh, or you're yeah like papaji and yeah. then proceed towards going mm-hmm. deeper. So um I think it has its purpose as well to just have this phase where you go through the bliss. Yeah. And if, you, if that's what you desire, of course. Yeah, anyway. and, I, and I think that what will happen for most people anyways mm. is that they will notice after some time that the bliss will come and go. Yeah. And most likely they will become, you know, like bliss junkies searching for the bliss all the time. But mm. at some point they will get tired of that and realize, okay, I'm not established in this. There's something more to this. Yeah. And then they eventually return, will turn deeper and, and perhaps find a teacher that can guide them. But it, actually the, the teaching of self-acquiry is ask yourself who mm. is experiencing the bliss. Yeah. Go there. And I Always think, go there. I think what Ramana said to Papaji, like uh, all the practice that he had done prior to meeting Ramana was... Like uh, he's doing his yapa, his yeah. uh, mantras and all that and experiencing all this bliss. Mm-hmm. And Ramana's response to that was like, yeah, you did that just to get here. Yeah. Now you're here. Now we can start the yeah. journey. Exactly. I think Ramana said that practicing you know, regular meditation on the breathing mm. is very good for you to develop the, 
ability to one point point and yeah. you can one point your attention to but you sooner or later you will have to turn towards yourself mm. uh, i in the la- in the previous episode the second interview with Aryan Brogman mm. uh, if you have listened to that he talked uh, about an experience with Swami Vimalananda mm. the head of the divine life society which we have met actually uh, yeah. the last year when we went to india but our Arjun ex- talked about an experience with Swami Vimalananda where he said you must ask yourself who you are so and the, in the divine life society and the founder of divine life society the guru swami sivananda they were teaching a lot of practices like meditation yoga bhakti kirtan all of that but what swami vimalananda said that but in the end after all the practice you will you need to turn that and ask who am i so even in all traditions i think you it all leads up to self inquiry in yeah. the end and i think that's why ramana said that this is the most effective one because yeah. you're going to directly to yeah. the end goal like the the source of yeah. it's of a direct yourself. path yeah exactly but i also think that ramana said that for some people for many people it might be hard to start practicing self inquiry directly because it's quite a it's not an easy it's in theory it's really easy but it's as we said actually finding the eye thought is not that easy because the mind is so accustomed to yeah. <laughs> pointed awareness on objects so it, it might be helpful to train on holding uh, focus on the breath or yeah something else and i i just remember reading the in the true happiness book yeah. which is the teachings of ramana there was yeah. an, a devotee who or person who came to his ashram to ramana and asked like uh, i've tried this now for 20 years yeah and uh, i still haven't realized the self and ramana's response like yeah try 20 more yeah so it can be like not a, you shouldn't have any expectation that why once yeah. you start doing this practice yeah. yeah it will take a week and then i'm realized yeah. it's uh, it all depends on yeah. your past karma and everything like yeah how much time you need and what will happen that's up to god but uh, it's a really powerful technique uh, i personally use it every day mm-hmm. uh, along with other techniques as well but it's one of my main practices and you can actually do it in everyday life as well as as often as you can when you're taking a walk or you know just move your attention towards yourself while you're doing the dishes and let the body take care of itself yeah i mean once you're like doing the dishes taking a shower like if you're in the shower who's feeling the yeah. like the sensation of the body who's yeah. feeling the water um yeah. you can always go back to that who am i yeah which i think is a wonderful technique that you can always have it yeah. with you and the more you do it the easier it becomes to abide in the i thought the the illusory self yeah. at this point <laughs> but, but it's but it's still very nice because when you do that sometimes i just sit in a chair and look out and just it's really you because when you turn the attention towards the self mm. you go into this quietness it's very still and of course thoughts will come and go but it's like you say it's more like clouds passing by and sometimes you get caught up in them and and then you remember oh yeah right back to the self and, yeah. but it's a it's a practice 
Yeah, and it's a good one. It's a comforting yeah. one, and it's uh, yeah. as you said, just uh, like sitting in. I think that was exactly what Nasagarata did. He did it perhaps. I think he said something like twelve hours per day yeah. for yeah. three years or whatever. The hardcore si- guy. Yeah, yes. just <laughs> sitting there. So I mean, if you want results, you need to put yeah. in the efforts. <laughs> and I think Ramana often talked about you know you should do this practice quite intensely and really just go back go back go back uh and it's uh yeah. it's interesting to, uh, to to read about anamali swami as well mm-hmm. um because that was one of uh, ramana's main devotees yeah. or one of his biggest devotees and i think for like now uh, let's say it was 10 years or 20 years when he stayed with Ramana uh, Ramana would constantly each day like have him work like tremendous work hours yeah. he, I don't know if he worked like 16 hours per day or 14 hours per day yeah. just working on the ashram not doing any meditation not doing anything yeah. like just put him to work yeah. and he asked yes Ramana yes Ramana yes Ramana and yeah. they did it for uh, I think think it was several years. I don't yeah. know, remember how many. Then one day, basically, Ramana said, "Okay, now you're ready. Yeah, like now you're you have taken care of your past karma. Now yeah. leave the ashram, sit in meditation, and yeah. eventually he did the inquiry and he realized the self. Yeah, and in a way, all those years of just working, 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 he was actually surrendering surrendering his yeah. self." And doing selfless service, mm. which is actually a spiritual practice. Yeah. Uh, also, even though it might not look at it, surrendering yourself to your guru over mm. day after day after day is actually giving up the idea of yourself. And I think that's something that that can be relatable for for everyone. Yeah. I mean, we're we're constantly here, and it feels like we're we're in this world. We're constantly doing things, but we're never never making any progress. Mm-hmm. If you have that feeling, it's it's comforting to know that. It's something always happening. The guru yeah. is always has a plan for you. Yeah. You're constantly moving forward even when you don't see it. It's mm-hmm. the guru's plan that's just being executed. And when the timer's ready, it will be ready. Yeah. So, <laughs> so. we'll wait and see what happens, basically. Yeah. <laughs> it will be good. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, for a long time, I was like, you know, chasing uh and really but more and more when you do the practice the more relaxed you gradually become more relaxed and yeah you trust you you build up faith mm. and trust in in god basically and the guru whatever you want to call it yeah i th- i think both robert and ramana said that like the next best best thing you can do if you don't do the self inquiry if you mm. if you don't manage to do that the next best thing you can do is surrender. Yeah. Like have complete surrender. Yeah. Like just take life as okay, this happened, okay, all right. I, I trust that it it's for the bad, greater good. Yeah. Everything that happens, just surrender. Yeah, give all your problems to God. Yeah. Take so, this. So But a total surrender is not easy as well. No. And it takes time as well. So <laughs> or not. <laughs> Depending on who you are. Yeah, I mean, there are spontaneous awakenings like Ramana Maharshi or Eckhart Tolle in modern times mm. who also had a spontaneous but for most people spiritual practice is recommended I guess I think so too <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah. Right. Um, so I think that's pretty much it when it comes to self-inquiry, at yeah. least from what we understand so far yeah. about it. Hopefully. I hope you could take some good bits and pieces out of this conversation and it will help you on your own practice, with your own practice. And if you have any thoughts or feedback or anything, just leave a comment below and uh, yeah. we'll, we'll love to hear what you think about all this and uh, if you use self-inquiry, so please let us know. Yeah, and you can visit our website uh, where we have tons of more information. We have uh, articles and books and other videos as well about different topics. All right, so I think that's yeah. it. Yeah. Thank you for today. Well, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you.